So hello and welcome to Outback Team Building and Training Tips, a monthly audio resource for HR and business professionals. I'm your host, Kara Sai, and this month I'm joined by special guest, Jules Joyce, Director of Events at Outback Team Building and Training. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jules. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for having me. Our topic this month is how to effectively manage remote employees, and Jules will be sharing her insight on what it takes to lead a team that isn't in the office with you every day. But before we begin, let's start out with our quick tip of the month. Each month, we begin the episode with a quick tip for our listeners. Jules, how do you recommend building a trusting working relationship with employees you don't regularly see in person? Well, great question. I would say open communication. Um, Don't let the fact that you don't see them every day get in the way. So if you're try to communicate and just keep an open door policy if you clearly communicate what's expected from the start yeah, um, and provide an opportunity for teams to approach you and provide them with support. Yeah. And so how do you provide an open door policy if you don't actually have a door for them to yeah. come to? <laughs> Excellent. Um, just through letting them know what the expectation is that you are there and you're available for them for support. Right. So just honestly having a conversation with them that just says, if there's anything that I can do to support you, mm-hmm. make letting them know that it's not troublesome or a hassle to reach out either through phone yeah. or, you know, instant chat, anything yeah. like that. Um, and also being the one to prompt that as well. So asking them some questions because sometimes they don't want to ask or um, interrupt you. So by you prompting that to them, then yeah. they're a little bit more keen to say, oh, well, while I have you on the phone. Right. So yeah. they're, not, they're not afraid to ask the questions as long exactly. as you've let them know that the, the communication channels yes. are open. Yeah. Um, setting meeting rhythms as well helps, right? right? There's an expectation to meet every day mm-hmm. and you that meeting may last five minutes or it may last 15 minutes depending on what's happening that day. Yeah, if there are any questions or whatnot, yeah. Well, awesome, so with that, let's get to our main interview. Sounds good. Okay, Jules, so how often do you think you need to touch base with road employees? You kind of mentioned the daily rhythm. We, in our industry, have uh, team meetings that are daily and weekly. Okay. And then one-on-one that are weekly. Okay. And so the daily works for us because mm-hmm. of being in the events industry, there's a lot of moving parts. And right. so sometimes those daily meetings, again, last five minutes or they might last 25 minutes depending on what's happening. Right. Um, as a team, weekly is good. Yeah. That's where we really get to the grit of things and figure out what's on your plate for this week, how mm-hmm. did last week go, what do we need to do to adjust. Right. And also weekly for the one-on-ones with the team, it really provides that <clears throat> good opportunity to hash out what that individual is actually focused on um, and also provides an opportunity for support and for any learning and development Right. In those cases. And and so do you find that the one-on-one provides you with a different perspective than, say, touching base daily with a group or weekly with the team? Absolutely. So in the one-on-one, we sometimes get a little bit deeper on what that individual's focus or thoughts yeah. are that in any group environment might not come out in those dailies with the team or right. even in the weeklies. And so how important would you say that is for someone that you aren't regularly seeing, making that little touchstone with them one-on-one? Critical. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. We rarely go without having the weeklies. And it does happen. Again, in our industry, we have events. So mm-hmm. if something's, if somebody's out of town on an event, then we postpone it. 
but we are lucky that we have these touch points every week and they're set in our cadence and so we miss one it's not normally a big deal it mm-hmm. doesn't happen that often though and I do find them quite valuable yeah do you think that the employee feels the same way I do yeah yes I think that we f- we do feel it sometimes when we don't Right. When we don't have those meetings. Yeah. Exactly. So you have so much to talk about the next time you catch up. Yeah. And we "Ah." find ways to communicate as well. If we do miss our weekly, then we sometimes email back and forth so that we can at least get some of the critical things out of the way if need be. Right. So if they're unable because of an event, they're able to touch base with you through one of those channels that you talked about earlier, like instant message or email. Definitely. Yeah. We use all forms of communication. That makes sense. So um, how often do you think you should be meeting with a remote employee in person? I would say at least once a quarter, whatever either your business quarter is, um, calendar quarter, whatever that works. I try for every couple of months. Yeah. Because um, we also, again, in this in our business, we have the opportunity to be able to connect on event. Right. And so part of our connection is always an ongoing L&D. So I get to coordinate these event opportunities with meeting with the team. Right. Which is a great opportunity to connect with them, build that internal relationship while mm-hmm. we're also building relationships for our customers. And it's a great opportunity for you to see their performance exactly. in action. <laughs> exactly. You get to see them in action doing what they love to do. Yeah. Um, and then just capitalizing on that opportunity to have that meeting in person. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So do you have any tools or resources that you would recommend for managing a remote team? Well, again, obviously you're not sitting beside them, you don't get to see them in action. So anything collaborative, anything in the cloud. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anything in that cloud works for us. We use Smartsheet quite a bit. Anything that allows you to see your team's progress. Can you run me through an example of how you would use Smartsheet for people who don't maybe aren't familiar with the program? Yeah, so Smartsheet is similar to Google Docs in that it's a live tool that multiple people can go in and edit at any given time. Yeah. Um, So for that reason alone, when you're working remotely, not everybody has access to traditional servers Mm -hmm. and documents on those servers. So we like to put our information into a tool that everybody can edit, everybody has access to. Right. All you need is a browser. Yeah. Um, And it allows us to place all of our data in there. Right. If we have any, all of our KPIs and our weekly um, reporting that we do, we use all Smartsheet tools right. for that. And this allows me to go in to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to ask yeah. everybody, how are you doing in this area? I right. can see it. And then we focus more on how was that for you? How is it going? Not yeah. about did you do it? Right, because you can already see I can if see they've that. done it or not. And likewise, we put our projects in there and I update right. that. So if you know, internally with our team and even externally with people that we have um, working with us, I can update projects and say, here's the new due date for that. Yeah. They get notifications when that sheet's been changed. So there's a lot of great tools out there that you can use that, um, that take care of certain parts of that communication Mm -hmm. for you and allows them to, at their cadence and their time, take on that project, get that done without you having to Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so earlier you mentioned uh, instant messaging. Is there a tool that you use for that in particular? Yeah, we've just recently moved on to Slack, actually, and that's been great. It's Mm -hmm. really robust as far as the programs that we've used um, in the past. Yeah. 
um, we use it externally with some of our contractors yeah. and use it internally with all the departments. So, And that is phenomenal. I mm-hmm. live by the instant chat because yeah. I try to save up the things that I want to have maybe a few um, you know, minutes of conversation for our weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. But little quick questions on things that you're working on can easily be answered through the instant yeah. chat. So it's great. You can make a huge difference rather than you know, having to track someone down by phone yeah. or sending the email and then it kind of takes a while for someone to get through their emails, get to that exactly. question. Exactly. Yeah. You know, different roles in our department have different levels of incoming email. Right. Mine are primarily internal, mm-hmm. but the teams are usually a mix of both internal and external. So right. they're probably getting a lot more email than I am. I don't want to flood that yeah. with a question. So I'll let it sit in the instant chat and We've all got our own style. We know what to work on and when to check the instant chat. Yeah. You see the notification, answer it if it's a quick one, and move on. Do you have any expectations on how quickly a remote employee should be responding back to an instant message? If I really want to get a hold of somebody, yeah. if it's really important, I probably would email them so okay. it's in written, yeah. and I would probably follow up with a phone call. Okay. So I do allow people to... I, I don't expect people to drop everything if yeah. I'm instant chatting with them right Um, if I really do need to to talk to somebody I try to utilize the meeting rhythms that we have Mm -hmm. if it falls outside of that I'll probably just pick up the phone and call them right that makes sense because I mean with instant messaging there can be this expectation that you're always on it and you're always available and if you're not there you know maybe they're not doing their work but that, that that's not necessarily true yeah exactly it it Again, trying not to get hung up on, well, what are they doing right now? Right. Why are they not answering my mm-hmm. instant chat? You have to, I mean, over the years, I've learned to let that go yeah. and understand <laughs> that they're probably in their own rhythm of getting something done. Yeah. And I understand the importance of that. Yeah. And so I will qualify if I need an answer right, right away. But again, if, I, if it's really that important, I'll pick up the phone and give them a call. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so... Speaking of, you know, if they're not there and worrying about that, are there any warning signs that a remote employee isn't working out? Uh, Yeah, great question. For me, it's a lot about participation. Okay. How engaged are they? Are they retracting a little bit? Are their answers becoming, you know, fewer or fewer words? That, to me, is, is the indication. If they're not hitting their targets. I mean, obviously that's number one, right? If they're reporting and what we've agreed that they are going to do isn't getting done. Yeah. Number one. For Um, sure. If in your dialogue and your conversation and connections with them, you're noticing limited responses, Mm -hmm. that to me spells out a bit of a disconnect. So something may be going on with them, you know, in, in any manner. And for me, it's about whether they just stop participating to the level. Right that they probably were before. So it's it goes back to that communication. Yeah. When their communication breaks down, it's almost like kind of a red flag. Yeah. When they stop reaching out to you, right. when you're reaching out to them and it's limited and broken and you're having to pull for a little bit more information, Yeah. then to me my flags go up and go, oh, I wonder if something's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, so do you have any tips for people managing remote employees for the first time? Yeah, for the first time, again, it just comes back to don't focus too much on the fact that you're not there. Trust yourself. Yeah. That people are going to look to you if they need to. Yeah. Be, you know, provide an open door policy. Let them know, continually reinforce that you're there for them. Yeah. 
and try to talk about what is happening versus what they are doing. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, if you make it a, a result-oriented environment, right. then let them do what they're, they've been hired to do to produce those results. Okay, so kind of it's, going back to the communication and then trust. Yeah, trust. Yeah. Trust that you're doing a good job. Yeah. Trust that you've got a great team and they're doing a good job. Yeah, trust that you hired a good team. Uh, you hired a good team. You know yeah. what you're doing and they're going to do their job. It might not always be the way that you would do it, mm -hmm. but that's part of developing a great team. You have right. to let go of you being the person doing it. Yeah. Allow your team to do what you hired them to do. Right. Um, and if you notice something that you want to provide feedback on, you know, use your opportunities in your meetings yeah. to talk about that. Do you have any tips on how to provide constructive feedback to someone you're not seeing on a regular basis? Because when you don't have that face-to-face, -face, it can be hard to maybe deliver some harder feedback. Yeah, definitely when you're working remotely, you've, you rely on your tools. So yeah. it's either over the phone. Yeah. Um, we try to do video mm -hmm. um, oh, calls yeah. as well so that you can see, the face. A, you can see their face. <laughs> yeah. And you do have a little bit of a better idea how somebody is reacting because a lot of how people react is in their body language as well. Right, yeah. Um, and I try to focus on learning opportunities. I, I have in the past, well, this went wrong. Why did this go wrong? Right. I focus now more on let's use that as an opportunity to figure out how we can do better. And I do that for the positive as well. This yeah. was a great example of something that worked for us. Right. How can, how can we make that? Yeah. How can we replicate that on and on again? So I think just focusing on um, an open dialogue about what happened, mm -hmm. if it's constructive criticism, what happened in this, say, in this case t for this result? Right. And what do you think we can do differently to make it, I guess, maybe a better result? Right. Yeah. So and you found success with that. Yeah. 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 People don't want to hear that they did something wrong. Of course not. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. You just want to hopefully reduce those for the future and try to learn from your mistakes and right. have a dialogue about it and, and get, to the re get to the root of the reason why it happened. And more often than not, they'll be aware that they made the mistake. Definitely. And they'll, they'll feel bad about it enough yes. and yeah. want to improve. So it's great to take the approach of trying to use it as a learning tool. And we all make mistakes. Right. So part of that is letting, you know, letting your team know, like, you're going to make mistakes. That's how you're going to learn. Right. Let's just learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any final tips for best success? You know, really laying out clear expectations. I think right. that's a, a big one. Mm -hmm. Just having a, um, you know, really open and honest conversation yeah. in the beginning. This is what I expect. And ask your team members what selfishly are you expecting yeah. from me or from the company in yeah. order to succeed. It's always a two-way street. So you want to make sure that they're getting what they need and you're getting what you need. Right. Um, providing that open communication. Yeah. And big factor of trust. Yeah. Yeah. And do you push that forward um, for the colleagues working amongst each other as well, that they set expectations for, for each other? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think um, in our environment with our team, we've got um, different primary roles. They all intertwine and have the same expectations in some areas, yeah. but some take on different um, primary roles or okay. areas of expertise. Yeah. And so when they're looking to another team member to who's helping them out or doing anything, it's yeah. setting out those guidelines and making sure that that person knows what's expected right. of them. So not just from you, but, but yes. from their coworkers. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. 
Okay, well, thanks so much for joining me today, Jules. That's it for this episode of Outback Team Building and Training Tips. For more ideas on how to successfully manage remote employees, visit the downloadable resources section on our website at outbackteambuilding.com and download your free copy of the guide, 10 Ideas to Bring Remote Employees Together. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you may listen to your podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening.